Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. another episode of Making Monsters. I'm Taylor Dahl, and we are continuing the free agency mini-series, so obviously going through the whole list of free agents that the Bears got this offseason, kind of getting to know them a little bit better. We love the X's and O's. We like to get to know the people, the players as people, a little bit more. So today we're joined by Mike Kay. He's the Carolina Panthers beat reporter for the Charlotte Observer. So, Mike, thanks so much for joining us. We've been working on this for a little bit. Um, things got a little crazy, and obviously that's expected. Uh, the Bears had the number one overall pick for the first time since the 1940s for about two whole months, and it was chaos for me, so I can't imagine how it is for you. What is that vibe like right now, Mike? Well, I think the fan base is really excited. I mean, they've had a turnstile at quarterback since uh, Cam Newton was kind of shown the door in 2020 and even came back for a reunion tour that was not very successful. So they've been through the ringer like it's it's been a you know former top pick retread kind of turnstile where it was you know it went from cam to teddy bridgewater to uh sam darnold to baker mayfield to back to to sam darnold with a little bit of pj walker in between <laughs> and so it's kind of been a mess like i covered three separate starting quarterbacks uh, <laughs> my first year on the panthers beat and i came in week four so yeah it was uh it, it was it was kind of a cluster but I think fans are starting to see a light at the end of the quarterback tunnel so to speak yeah uh, believe me we were there for a very long time and we were actually just kind of joking about it on Twitter uh, with some people because in 2021 right around this time the Bears signed Andy Dalton and I was like this is what we're doing. This is the best option we can come up with. Little did I know one month later they would trade up and or trade up and get Justin Fields. So it ended up working out from what it looks like from the outside. But let's go ahead and talk about some of these guys, a couple guys obviously um, that the Bears have now now have that were Panthers last season. DJ Moore, the big one, um, acquired via trade for the number one pick. Also, Deontay Foreman, who spent last season in Carolina also, he filled a huge spot later in the season when it came to McCaffrey. So I do want to touch on him a little bit later too. Um, but we heard from you that DJ Moore was a must-have in the trade when Ryan Poles was kind of going back and forth with the Panthers about what he wants. Um, and it seems like it was kind of like Poles – from what I heard, it was Burns or DJ Moore, but from what I read from you, it was DJ Moore. So do you think it was a difficult decision for the Panthers to let DJ Moore or go, or do you think that it was worth it for that number one for them? I mean, I, I think it was worth it to get that number one. They've had DJ Moore uh, for several years and not been successful because they didn't have a quarterback, so it's a chicken or the egg sort of situation, but the clear egg that they really needed cost them a chicken, right? Mm -hmm. So 
I, I think <clears throat> DJ Moore is a really talented player, um, and he has really blossomed into a big catch machine. But there were also times where he disappeared during games. There were games where he caught one pass or would catch a pass in the first quarter, and then you'd forget he was on the team until the fourth quarter. I think his inconsistency was a byproduct of the quarterback play, but I also think it kind of showed you that unless you have a quarterback, you're not going to win with just having a top-tier receiver. And I think for the Panthers, their evaluation has said, hey, look, if this guy is worth the first-round pick in trade value or maybe more, it makes sense that that's what brings them over the hump. I mean, technically, they only gave up one first-round pick, right? Like, so it's one first-round pick. They're swapping first-round picks, mm-hmm. and then it's one first-round pick and two second-round picks yeah. and DJ Moore. Yeah, and I guess when you're looking at it from the Panthers' side, it looks like that. When you're looking at it from the Bears' side, they're saying, hey, you know, tech, we got two firsts, two seconds, and a number one wide receiver out of this um, because – we're only having to slide down to nine from one to nine, hopefully still getting one of those offensive linemen or one of the edge guys that they're kind of looking at or defensive linemen. Um, but then in addition, now we're hoping that the Panthers are not playing well next season and we have another top high pick um, in the draft next season and then a couple more seconds and then this massive upgrade in the wide receiver core. So I guess when you are looking at it, I'm sure Panthers fans are trying to settle themselves a little bit on like, okay, it's worth it. We'll be getting our quarterback of the future, um, they hope. And so, yeah, uh, it's a win-win, it looks like for me. But anyways, let's move on to uh, DJ Moore a little bit. When you're looking at receiver stats, it can be really interesting and sometimes a little bit misleading when you're just looking at the numbers in general, things like drops. And I think that uh, the numbers are different on every site. You can go to one website and look at, you know, how many drops did this player have? And on one, it will have 11, and on another, it will have seven. So it's kind of hard to, when you're looking at those numbers, really decipher things like that. Um, also, another number to me that is a lot of is a difficult sometimes is the passes intercepted when that player is targeted because sometimes you're like, okay, well, was that on the player? Was it on, you know, obviously there's fantastic defensive backs on there. Was it just a great play? Was it the quarterback? Um, so unless you watch every game and you're just simply looking at the numbers, you might not get the full picture. So when you're watching, when watching what I have of DJ Moore, and like I said, has not been nearly – every single game that he's been there in Carolina. But I wouldn't consider it, either of those things an issue um, when it comes to maybe the contested catches or drops. But, again, I didn't watch a ton of Panthers. So coming from you, who has watched a whole lot of Panthers, are either of those issues when it comes to DJ Moore? Well, I think he has pretty consistent hands. In fact, I think he kind of thrives when he's given a difficult pass to catch, if that makes sense. He's got a decent jump ball game. Um I just think at times his route running can be a little a bit inconsistent. Um, and, and look, again, he has dealt with a, a bunch of different quarterbacks who some would argue have no business playing in the league. Mm-hmm. So it's, it, it, I think it's just been kind of a perfect storm of inconsistency, not from a hands perspective, because he is a very, very consistent hands guy. I just think, you know, the route running can be a little – here and there I think he's not a guy who is particularly possession driven he's not the the type of guy who you'd be like yeah you you target him 10 times a game and he'll come up with eight catches for 80 yards Mm -hmm. and pick up six first downs in the process I just think he's more of a big play threat that needs to kind of find his niche as 
as being more of a possession receiver. I think they would have liked for him to be a little bit more of a possession guy just based on the results of this past season. Yeah, I, I think honestly, it's a re- I, it'll be a really fun thing to watch this next season when it comes to the Bears because last year Darnell Mooney is was our wide receiver one last season, and obviously I personally love Darnell Mooney, but the guy's five eleven. There's certain things he's really good at, certain things just aren't there. But especially when he is being double teamed, when he's your one and te- guys are just doubling him, it's there's not much, a whole ton he can do. Um, but they thought that it was going to help getting Claypool last year, and then things just didn't really work out in the sense of Claypool came to Chicago and had like four days to practice before he had to play in a game. It was three games, then Darnell Mooney gets hurt, leaves, then Justin Fields get hurt, didn't play, then Claypool gets hurt. So it was this weird, it just didn't work out. So I'm really hoping that the difference between Claypool, Mooney, and DJ Moore, all of the things that they're good at are a little bit different, and I really am hoping that that clicks. But I think one of the arguments, Mike, on the Bears side of Twitter recently is the questions around whether DJ Moore should be considered a number one wide receiver. Would you personally say he is? For the Bears, yes, and their current their current setup. I mean, I to me, I, I you know, I, and I've gotten tilts for this uh, for saying it, but to me, he's he's ideally uh, as a truck passes me by randomly. Uh, ideally, <laughs> you'd want him to be a, like a high end number two. Like I don't put him in the same discussion as a guy like AJ Brown. I don't put him in the same discussion um, as a Stephon Diggs or a Justin Jefferson. He's not in that tier. I think mm-hmm. he's kind of like the you know, the bottom of the of the tier two or the top of the tier three guys. And I think ultimately that's why this move made sense for both teams because he's better than anyone else that was available in free agency. If you said to me, hey, you can have DJ Moore or Alan Lazard, all things being equal, I would take DJ Moore 17,000 times out of 17,000 times. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I really – I think it's a matter of perspective. And honestly – the true number one wide receivers, there's about like six or seven of them in the league. And so yeah. I think it's kind of hard to put them under that microscope. So in a way, I think the argument against him being a number one wide receiver is fair, but I also think it's fair to say the byproduct of where the league is, I think he is kind of in that gray area between the a number one and a number two. And you can look at him ideally as a 1B if yeah. you brought in somebody else. Yeah, and I agree because obviously by your measurements also of what you're just saying, if there's you know six or seven true number one wide receivers, then there's several teams out there that don't have that true number one, and you're looking at some really good number two wide receivers that you're considering um, just because there is, I feel like, a decent gap between that like true elite guy that you want, like a Jamar Chase, A.J. Brown. You, you mentioned a lot of the ones that you just said, but then there's a good – there's a good chunk of guys that I feel like would be in the tier below that I would choose um, right away if we had the option to do that. And I think that DJ Moore is just, for us personally, like you said, for the Bears, it definitely an upgrade on what they've had recently. I think the one of the stats going around is that he would already be our leading wide receiver because Brandon Marshall held the record previously to that. And uh, DJ Moore already has that in his five seasons with Carolina. So it'll be interesting really to see what they do. But one of the other things I read today before we get on to Deontay Foreman for a little bit, um, uh, Ibra Flos and Ryan Poles were talking about how 
they had dinner with DJ Moore, and one of the things they mentioned was just how he. They said he lit up the table like he, he just great guy. Loved him immediately, and obviously, I'm sure DJ Moore was trying to impress these guys a little bit. But was that the vibe around the locker room, around media and stuff of, of DJ Moore's personality? Yeah, he's not really an outgoing guy, but he's a guy that a lot of people really like. Uh, he's approachable. He's honest. He's sincere. I think he's a guy that leads really well by example. Um, I don't think, like, if you're looking for a vocal leader, I, I don't know if he's the guy for that. I think in entering year three, Justin Fields should be that guy. Mm-hmm. But he's a guy who can set the tone. I mean, I think he's going to push other guys. I think Claypool's a guy who can learn a lot from him. They're different wide receivers, but from a professional standpoint, DJ Moore is a professional, and I think that's really important. Yeah, and so obviously another one of the weapons that I mentioned, Deontay Foreman. Uh, this one was a surprise for a lot of Bears fans. Uh, when they got rid of David Montgomery, it was a major loss. And uh, this comes in many factors, just kind of like who David Montgomery was on the Bears, the type of player he was, the way that he got along with the players and was able to lead the offense and the way he was in the locker room. But in addition, there were so many things that David Montgomery was good at, including pass catching, including one of our better blockers, and all of these things wrapped up in one. So when we lost David Montgomery, I personally felt like we lost a big chunk of the team. And so I had I knew they were going to do something. Uh, I wasn't sure if that was going to be addressed in the draft or if that was going to be um, addressed in free agency agency obviously some people were going straight for the moon and wanting them to go get Saquon Barkley or Derrick Henry I personally did not want to go spend that much money on a running back but I, I, it was still obviously a big loss um so Deontay Foreman surprise for me um but he was just in Carolina last season before that he kind of he moved around a little bit but he did have his best year to date stepping into McCaffrey's shoes last season which is obviously big shoes to fill uh, 914 yards five touchdowns and nine starts talk about how important he was to that offense later in the season well I think Steve Beecher head coach really wanted to lean on the game to the passing game as we've talked about for pretty at length here uh wasn't going to do the, the the job and I think Deontay Foreman's a guy who you know, if you don't want Derrick Henry and you don't want Derrick Henry prices, he's he's kind of the Derrick Henry light sort of guy. I mean, he showed that when he was in Tennessee before he came to Carolina. Uh, he's a bulldozer. He's not a guy you're going to put on the field on third down typically because he's not that great of a pass blocker. He's not really uh, a receiver either. But the dude can run in between the in between the tackles. He's got really good underrated bursts. Uh, for his age, he doesn't have a lot of wear and tear on himself, which is very unique for a ground and pound running back. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's kind of, you know, he's kind of been through the ups and downs of the league, which is really interesting. And so I think uh, he's a guy who's constantly hungry. And, you know, that contract uh, is not most favorable for him. Uh, I know there are people in Carolina who thought that he would be getting a lot more. Uh, I wouldn't agree with that. I think he got kind of what the market was. Um, a lot of people were surprised at how kind of mediocre that entire uh, spending pool was. Mm-hmm. So I think, I think if you're Deontay Foreman, you just got more to prove, and uh, you know it's going to create an atmosphere of competition. And if you I've read some of the quotes since he got there that he wants to be the number one guy, well, he'll have the opportunity to earn it. And I think he showed last year he can handle the moment. I don't know. 
the guy that you want starting every single game. I don't know if he's a guy you want to give uh, a chunk of the offense to because he's a guy that needs to rev up. He needs to get 10 to 12 carries to be effective typically. And, okay. and honestly, the warning signs here were uh, his good games were great. His bad games were horrible. Okay. And so I think when you're that dependent on your on your uh, sorry about the beeping here, truck okay. back. Yeah, but uh, when you're that dependent on a ground and pound back, it makes it extremely difficult to, you know, gauge what he can bring to the table on a game to game basis. If you're facing a really good pass rush and a really good uh, run front, he's going to be neutralized. If if you're facing a an, a defense with a lot of holes in it he's going to take advantage. So I think it's going to be a matchup-by-matchup situation for him and how he's used. Yeah, honestly, it's going to be really interesting to see what Coach Eberflus and what Luke Getze and what Ryan Poles end up liking and what camp looks like when it comes to Deontay Foreman and and Khalil Herbert and Travis Homer. Obviously, it kind of clicked as I'm doing this interview because I was talking about how much we'll miss David Montgomery in the blocking game, but I and when you're looking at it, Travis Homer is one of the best blocking backs, pass pro black uh, backs in the league. So you have that. Now you have this kind of like bowling ball running back. And then you have Khalil Herbert who can do a little bit of everything. So it's a good mixture. Um, so it'll be really interesting to see what is going on. But anyways, Mike, thanks so much for hopping on with me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, sure thing. Have a good one.